The Fashion Geeks are hosted and powered by Blueberry. That's Blueberry. B-L-U-B-R-R-Y. Thinking of launching a podcast? Want your episodes to be deployed smoothly? Go to Blueberry.com, type in the word fashion, and get a deal on us. Just put in the word fashion. Blueberry. Always host fly. Hello, I'm Reg. And I'm Tiff. And we're we're the the Fashion Fashion Geeks. Geeks. Trying to make New York. And the world. Well, New York is the world. A little flyer, one outfit. And podcast. At a time. Yes, back again. Tiff is not on my side for this one. She's online shopping. But I do have a guest. He and I, we've been trying to get him on the show actually for quite a while. He's been very evasive. And then uh, he just came out of nowhere with a request. And then I worked out a deal. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce. He's so quiet. I thought I thought I'd make him laugh by now. <laughs> like it's only Monday, you know. Maybe I'm a little rusty. But uh, oh, I can hear him now, ladies and gentlemen. Hey. We have Marquise Ellison of Marquise Rashad. Hey, the- hey, 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 Marquise. How are you, man? Hey, man. I'm doing all right, brother. Can't complain. Can't complain. Given circumstances. Feeling pretty blessed right now. Yeah, I mean that's literally you know my my first question for everybody. Like, yeah, I haven't seen you you know way before the pandemic, candidly. But uh, how you know how is everything going? You're in New York. I'm in New York. I can't remember what borough you're in. So uh, yeah, everything's going good, man. I'm here, and we're both in New York. Like you said, uh, when we first met the first time, we were in. Uh, living in the city, um, in Manhattan, in Midtown. Right now, I'm currently in the BX, in the Bronx. Oh, we're in the Bronx. Yeah. So we're actually in the Bronx, uh, Riverdale section. Oh! (laughs) I went to school in Riverdale. I I went to Riverdale Country Day. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're actually right, we're right here, right here in Riverdale, man. Nice. Um, Yeah. Small, small part. It's funny. We live in, it's called Spite and Dival. You familiar? Yep. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Historic. Yeah. Most New Yorkers, it's funny. Most New Yorkers that's been here all their lives have never heard of this area. Um, even people that's from the Bronx, they'd be like, what? Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's a very nice uh, family area. And yeah, that's where we are right now. Um, yeah. So, like I said, you know, we've been trying to do this for a while. Right. And let's let's get really right into it. The reason that we reconnected. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, you know what? Let's let's tell the listeners what is Marquise Rashad. Right. So Marquise Rashad is my company. We are a men's neckwear uh, and accessory company specializing in bow ties, pocket squares, a few neckties. And our motto is high fashion, higher purpose. Reason being is a portion of our proceeds, we donate to Crohn's and colitis research and advocacy and breast cancer in the month of October. Um, reason for those two causes is because I personally was diagnosed with Crohn's disease in 2009 and I lost my under breast cancer in 2013 when I moved to New York. So once I got here to New York, I wanted to start this company to help raise awareness for Crohn's and colitis. And what better way to do that than the bow tie? Because the bow tie is an attention grabber. You always remember the guy wearing the bow tie. And when you see our bow ties, somewhere wearing our bow ties, it's an opportunity for us to collectively, and when I say us, I mean clients, to raise awareness for Crohn's and colitis um, while wearing the product. And so that's how we came up with the bow tie, and the bow tie was going to be our signature um, item in helping raise awareness for these causes. So you bring up a great point. I I love the phrase higher purpose. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, one could argue that it's very self-explanatory, but since it's part of your tagline, if, right. if you don't mind, I'd love for you to elaborate about why you utilize that. Right. So when we say high fashion, higher purpose, we tied it to fashion because 
like fashion is trend setting, right? Fashion sets the mark. And so when we say high fashion, higher purpose, it's more than the fashion. It's more than the bow tie. The bow tie is just uh, a uh, opener to what our mission is. And so that's why we chose uh, higher purpose because it's so much more, you know, than that. And fashion, like I said, is uh, fashion is an avenue that it's a trendsetter. You know, it, it drives the, it drives the, I don't want to say drives the world per se, but, you know, from the way we dress, um, it has a heavy influence on culture. And since it has a heavy influence on culture, we want to elevate it to, you know, serve a higher purpose beyond clothes. And let's use our wardrobe to bring awareness to causes that's better, bigger than ourselves and what we have on. Right. So it makes sense. Yeah, no, it, it makes perfect sense. So, I mean, there's there's so many questions there. How does your, how does you? I'm 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 bringing it, brother. <laughs> I can only do it one at a time, but I have like five in my head. Oh, sure. <laughs> how does your clientele feel about that? Right. So, so we've gotten a great, uh, you know, a great response from um, the clientele. Like everybody loves it because again you're you're supporting something bigger than yourself it's not just the bow tie but what the bow tie you know in our pocket squares represent and that's what people really appreciate you know and um helping to to raise awareness especially those with ibd you know within the ibd community again that stands for that makes up crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis both of those diseases together makes up ibd and IBT, IBD stands for inflammatory bowel disease. Right. Um, so I have so many people in the IBD community that have been great supporters of the Marquise Rashad uh, brand. And I mean, I, I owe a great debt of gratitude to them, man, because they, you know, they not only have they purchased, and even if they haven't purchased, you know, they, they share our post and all. And um, that's another thing, too, you know, with the company. So through our social media platforms, we raise awareness through every Wednesday. We have a segment called Crohn's and Colitis Warrior Wednesday, where we highlight the story of a Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis patient sharing their story and their personal journey with living with this disease and their warrior attitude about how they don't let it define them and continue to push forward despite having it. So every Wednesday on our social media platforms, we share a story. And then on Friday, we share uh, facts, you know, that we bring to you about Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. And we get a lot of engagement, you know, with that as well. So it's a community platform that we've created for people with IBD and those not with IBD can come and get educated and learn about this disease. So I noticed I follow you on Instagram and, and for the ladies and gentlemen listening to the pod, let's let's specify. You can follow Marquise at Marquise Rashad. I'm going to give the spelling R-A-S-H-O-I-D on the Insta. Correct. So your your Wednesday, your Wednesday vibe, it gets down to the specificity of warrior of the week. Yep. So That's correct. Yeah, what led you to do that? I mean, I admit I'm very much on the outside of this, meaning mm -hmm. in terms of IBD, infl mm -hmm. inflammatory bowel disease. I do actually have a friend, and maybe in some weird way I'll connect the two of you. I have a friend who has Crohn's. Okay. I remember when I met – it's a friend of mine, Owen Band. Mm -hmm. And years ago when I met him – he like actually you guys have something in common. You both moved to New York from Florida, I believe. Yep. <laughs> and when I met him, it immediately came up in conversation. And candidly, I didn't know what it was. Right. At all. And really, to be honest, if I if I look between he and you as epics of time, I didn't know anything else until I met you. And really, when I met you, I met you because 
you had you had for a few years already had launched your accessory brand. Mm-hmm. I was just getting ready to launch my brand. Right. We yeah. collabed because yep. you were part of my you know, fashion my maiden show. voyage fashion show. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> and you really at the time you were really inspiring me and I'm still you know, scrambling on Instagram every day, every week. It's hey, like, you're doing it, man. Ah, la, la. You're, <laughs> you're, you're doing it. You're doing it. Like, like you said, I remember us sitting there, you know, talking about when you were coming up with a concept with New York Fashion Geek and, you know, how you wanted the platform to be. And I remember, you know, giving you some pointers just yes, what I experienced <laughs> up to my point. You know what I mean? And yeah, I, I completely remember it. So, and just to see your growth, um, I mean, hey, you you've accelerated, man. You've accelerated, you know, quicker than I have with growing my platform. But that's that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> hey, I, I, I applaud you, man. And I, uh, yeah, I'm just glad I was able to give you, uh, you know, some pointers. And, and that's what it, you see. That's that's what that's what it's about. You know, I we agree. help each other out. Yes, at, I at totally. The- <laughs> I totally agree. Uh, I don't mean I, I don't mean to hijack your 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 point. No, no, no. Go ahead. L- listen, man. I I got to tell you, Marquise. I'm going to vent. So I really feel that way. I feel strongly about that. I had an individual on a few weeks ago, Caustic Man, also on the Insta, and we were talking about how this menswear game is a community. Mm-hmm. And I really like that, and I enjoy that. But I want to keep it real. I feel that a lot of individuals, when I holler at them on the Insta, particularly through a DM or something like that, I get a little wah-wah or a lot of wah-wah. I'm like, come yeah. on, man. Like, really? Right. I'm, I'm either giving you props or I'm tapping you on the shoulder because I do want to pick your brain. But the point is, there's no way that my audience and clientele is your audience and clientele. Right. Right. In the least. Right. So it's like it can go from recently, and I'm not gonna not gonna shout them out, but recently sure. I gave somebody props. I was like, Oh wow, you did this tailoring thing. That's really cool. Because though I'm a fashion consultant, I admit I listen, you put me behind, you know, <laughs> a thread and a needle or a singer. Even yeah. some shears, there's going to be a problem. Yeah. So hey, look at it, man. There, look, there's no. Like I said we all give you a, prime, a perfect example about you know what we're talking about. Not menswear, but if you take a Jay Z and a Puffy, Sean Combs, right? Sure. These guys support each other. Both of them have their own brand of liquor. You know, Puff with Ciroc. You know, Jay Z has his. They both have media platforms, you know what I mean? Revolt with Diddy and then Jay-Z with Title and that kind of stuff. And you see these guys, you know, drinking each other's stuff, you know what I mean? Supporting mm. each other, uh, supporting each other's businesses, each other's brands, you know what I'm saying? And that's what it's, uh, that's what it's about. We have to uh, support each other. So I know exactly what you mean, um, you know, when you reach out to people like you have you have some people like that, and look, yes, it's men's fashion. I mean, you know, nobody has really created anything original, right? <laughs> right. Like we all, I mean, everything that we're doing, somebody has already created it <laughs> before we stepped on the scene. You know what I mean? Sure. We all just have different ways of of doing it. So it's not like any one of us have created something that's uniquely out of the you know world that's never been done before. <laughs> right. We are we're all in the same game. We're just putting our own finesse onto it. You know what I mean? And, and, and so that's what it's all about, man. We have to we have to have to build each other up and continue to, you know, to support and and, and motivate. And that's why when you were uh, launching New York Fashion Geek, you know, and what I was able to give you was, you know, what I've learned up to the point where I was at when we met. Right. You know what I mean? So everything that I've learned up until that point, things that I did wrong, you know, that I wish I would have did better. Those are kind of things, you know, that I that I, I that I let you know. And my whole thing is like, look, if I tell you this and you take it and you implement it and you run soaring with it, you you know, you pass me in the dust. 
Godspeed. I'm happy for you because that's what it's about. You know what right. I mean? You took sure. it. You you learned how to finesse it, and you're now you're off and running. And that's what it's about, man. <laughs> I'm often stumbling. I don't know about the running. Uh, maybe it's a <laughs> maybe it's a brisk walk. So believe me, I'm yeah. still head scratching. You know, I don't have to tell you, these are all cliches nowadays, but there's just so much information. There's so many platforms. There's so many approaches. It's it's mind-boggling, really, yeah. to be honest. And I really appreciate your observation and your compliment. But I feel, and I also just simply know, I have I have a lot more to go. But I'm up for the challenge. I'm interested. I'm intrigued, even in light of the pandemic. Right. Which, you know, we'll get into that deeper in terms of your business. As a matter of fact, that you know, that's a wonderful segue. What led you? Because again, your your line is so interesting because of the cause. Right. Right. So, but I want to I want to kind of peel some layers back. So, sure. what led you to launch an accessory line? Sure. So great question. Um, I've always been in the fashion. I majored in fashion merchandising uh, at Florida State University, where I went to college. And so, Seminole. Correct. Florida State Seminoles. Go nose. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I majored in fashion merchandising. And, um, you know, I love the I love the program. Uh, funny thing is, actually, when I went to Florida State, I actually want to go into marketing. And so I was just like, let me pick something to get into the university when I was researching what I want to major in. And um, when I got into it, I was like, oh, like, I actually really uh, love this. So I stayed with it. And, um, you know, once I, 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 like I said, when I took the classes and I majored in it, taking all the textiles classes and merchandising labs and all this kind of cool stuff, learning about textiles. Um, Yeah, I fell in love with it. Uh, Funny thing is, I actually did not know how to sew. So fast forward to 2013 when we moved to New York, um, I had, you know, the fashion sense and the education you know, behind understanding textiles and fibers and fabrics and all that kind of stuff from classes that I took. But I didn't have the sewing skills to, you know, make my pieces. Wow. Um, So I took sewing classes um, here in New York at a studio in Brooklyn. I can't recall the name, but I took a couple classes, uh, one-on-one with with the instructor to learn how to make these uh, ties and stuff. I took a lot of notes. It was like a four-hour long class each session only took two sessions. I took a lot of notes, um, pictures and everything to learn how to make the products. And then I just spent late nights, man, early mornings, uh, working on the craft. Uh, Mm. they were ugly, you know, (laughs) in the beginning, they were ugly. The structure was off. One side was lopsided. The other (laughs) side was nothing like it is today. Um, you know, but that's how you start. And sure. so your I family to this day is like, why do I yeah. have these? <laughs> Spend early nights and long mornings, man, per- uh, perfecting the craft. And um, yeah, eventually, you know, it, it started to uh, come to uh, fruition and the product, you know, looked good. And I remember my wife coming home one day once I was at that point where I was ready to, to launch, to go live. And um, she was like, Wanted to compare my bow ties to one of my, you know, store bought ones that I had, and um, and, and she was she was thoroughly impressed. So once I got the wife's approval, I was like, yeah, <laughs> we're we're good, we're good, you know. Um, and then she's seen the late nights and early mornings that I spent, man, like stay up to like one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, back up at five o'clock because I'd have thought of another way, a better way to maybe do this, um. So yeah, man, it, it was it was quite the, the the process, a learning journey, and um, that's how I came to uh, do the bow ties and get to men's fashion because, like I said, I had the background. That's what I majored in in college. Right. So there's a gap that I want you to fill in for me. The mm-hmm. gap between you leaving Florida, Tallahassee, coming to New York, and launching mm-hmm. the brand. In between there, correct me if I'm wrong. 
there's at least two other things I need you to fill in. One, I believe you were doing a lot of stuff at Fashion Week that helped you. But then also, if I recall, weren't you working for Nick Graham? So all of this came, the Fashion Week and Nick Graham came after I started the business. Oh, okay. Yeah. I misunderstood. I thought... I, yeah. I thought I had your chronology down. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no worries, That's man. That's not how it happened, Marquise. <laughs> yeah, no, no worries, man. But Nick Graham and New York Fashion Week came after um, after I launched the, the business. Oh, all right. And actually, if we go in chronological order, it was yeah, please, please. business. Um, well, let me back up. When we moved here, I, I got... When we first moved here, man, before I even got to New York, I was a manager. I was assistant manager slash co-manager for Walmart back in Florida for seven and a half years. Um, so I was in management. That's what I did um, out, out of college. But I was like the fashion guy for our market um, when I was working at Walmart. So like anytime there was a new store going up, a new Walmart going up, my fashion district fashion merchandiser would send me with my department managers and my team and you know we would help them set up their apparel the apparel department oh, from wow. the ground up you know what i mean so it would be me my team of department managers and all the department managers from like the eight stores so there was like eight stores in a district right so we'll get all the department managers like the best department manager in the district to go to this new store and I'm in charge, you know, and we're, again, building their apparel department from the ground up, getting everything in place, fixtures, getting it set up to the planograms, the floorgrams that's, you know, sent down from home office, getting the merchandise, merchandise on the racks, size, you know, color schemes, get all of that going. So that's what I did. Um, and then just before we moved to New York, I got promoted to a co-manager. And um, co-manager is the next line under the under the store manager. So, excuse me, see, had I still been with Walmart and not moved to New York, I would probably be a store manager by now, having my own store. Um, so that's that's what I did. So that's a little background. Right. So, or you've been working for the Bonobos brand. <laughs> yes, I, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So I had the managerial background. Um, right. So when I moved to New York City, what brought us up here was my wife's job got us a, got she got promoted to their uh, corporate office here in New York oh, City. Wow! And um, when she got the job, it was perfect for me. It was a no negotiation. I was like, yes, let's go. It was an <laughs> opportunity for me to utilize my fashion degree. While I loved Walmart, and I'm so grateful for the experience that I had, I did not love it like that. So it was an easy call for me to say, yeah, let's go. Um, uh, so, yeah, but I'm grateful for the experience that I had at Walmart because it helped shape, you know, my management style. It helped shape my business, uh, savvy, you know, the knowledge with everything that I had to do to run a Walmart Supercenter, which people don't understand the complexity it is in running a 205,000 square foot Supercenter. You know, like there's so many compliance issues and everything that people don't think about. Yeah, um, right. I'm one of those people, but with. yet I can I can respect yeah. the game. Oh yeah, it's a lot that you have to deal with, man. You think about you deal with the Department of Agriculture, you deal with the Health Department, you deal with the FDA, you deal with all of these compliance. You know, because you have firearms that you sell at Walmart, you have the pharmacy department, so you have you know pharmacy HIPAA laws. All this kind of stuff. But, yeah. Um, so when I got to New York, man, I thought I was going to get to New York. I was like, yo, I'm going to have me a job. I always wanted to have my own business um, because of a class that I took at Florida State. And um, I always had that in the back of my head, but I never really jumped on it, mm-hmm. you know. And so even when we moved to New York, I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking I'm about to go find me a job. Um, and I thought that because of my experience, I would have a job within a week or so after we got here, an interview. No, no, no. That didn't happen. <laughs> Mr. Marquise okay. underestimated New York City. <laughs> and this we don't mess around, Marquise. 
Oh, man, let me tell you, and, and realizing, like, look, when you come to New York City, man, you're with the best of the best in everything. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I put out, like, tons of applications when we move here. They get no call. Long story short, I had to take a seasonal job at Macy's Herald Square making, you know, what, $8 an hour, eight fifty bare minimum wage, which was a huge, huge uh, humbling experience for me mm. coming from what I was telling you, a managerial salary, very nice salary position to making $8 an hour that I haven't made in, like, I don't know, Sheesh. high you school. You were a kid, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But sure. my end goal was to be a buyer, right? So I always wanted to be a buyer. That's kind of where I wanted to go in fashion. So I said, okay, let me go in here and, and meet with who I need to meet with. Um, I was going to use it as an avenue to get to where I want to go to. It was never my end goal. You know what I mean? Just to be an associate. So I was like, let me see who I need to connect with to get to the buying office. So, yeah, man, I had all these interviews and stuff for management positions. I got to the final decision maker and everybody was like, yeah, you're great, but you don't have New York experience. What? Sheesh. Right. Yeah. I, I do also understand it as a native. So like what we're tough. what well what are you talking about? Like, are you kidding me? I'm like the things that I was applying for were entry level. I was like, I really should be applying for like store manager at this place. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like because what I did in one department in the Walmart Supercenter surpasses what you probably do in a the year. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, what I'm what, what I'm applying for is very, very way beneath what I really should be applying for. But so I got there, like Macy's Herald Square, uh, Queen Center Mall, downtown Fulton, Brooklyn. I've been to all these stores. So when January came, my season was over. I was like, all right, Marquise, what are you going to do? Um, so I had, you know, hard one on one talks with God by the East River, my meditation talk and um that's why i said i was like all right you gotta start this business man so start looking for sewing classes and that kind of stuff and i always said you know i was gonna start my business before somebody hired me and that's what happened and um that's where we are today wow yeah marquise i gotta keep it real with you i mean i really it's truly a rhetorical question and i feel bad asking you it no no worries do you do you feel that the reason that you couldn't make it happen beyond being a seasonal at Macy's was really because of regional bias. That you came from the South, you know, you came from Tallahassee area, you weren't a New Yorker, you weren't urbane, and though you had a degree mm-hmm. in fashion, mm-hmm. and I know that I know that must have stung. I know that must have really upset you and offended you. And of course I can't, you know, I can't speak for you. I'm just sure. going brother brother to brother. Sure, sure, and absolutely. Particularly and particularly Macy's with their hallowed executive training program, which I'm assuming you also tried to get into. I mean, how I mean, do do you think that's really why it didn't happen for you? I think it's a combination of things, man. I think that might uh <clears throat> That might be a factor. I'm pretty sure that's a factor because, one, they see Walmart, right? And most most people, when people think Walmart, they think, in no disrespect to anybody, they think hillbilly. I'm shaking my head because, listen, think, there's a reason why we don't have Walmart. And I, I'm yeah. going to keep it real with you. I'm anti-Walmart yeah. because, of, yeah. because of the union issue. And that's the reason why they've never entered New York City. And right. in light of the pandemic with commercial real estate, Right. You know, maybe they could now, but I still don't think they will. And I've been to a Walmart in my travels. It was weird and interesting. Not my steez. Right. I don't live that lifestyle. I recently had a failed transaction. Take that, take that, Euclid, Ohio. And (laughs) they said to me, well, if you could uh, wire through the Walmart and the transaction wasn't going well. And I just cackled. And the guy was like, well, what's going on? I was like, I don't live near Walmart. Right. Said, what? what, what? I mean, he was, he was, I said, are you sitting? I said, I don't live near one. Well, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm in New York City, man. Right. I'm in the center Walmart of, the center of my here. universe. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, no, no, I, 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 I get what you're saying, man. So I, I think it's a combination. Actually, I'm pretty sure it's a combination. That's that's a factor. Cause like, so if people see Walmart, that's what you think. And like yeah. I was, like I was telling you, see, people don't understand the intricacy that goes no, into learning. No, no, I am one of those people. I mean, when you say it, you say it like, it makes sense. Right. It's, it's a. You think about it. They're the number one retailer. They're the number one retail, and, and that was my other thing in my head. I'm like. You guys realize that they are the number one retailer in the world. They're bigger than any one of you guys, Macy's, <laughs> Bloomingdale's, anybody. You look at <laughs> Forbes 500, the Forbes list, Walmart is in the top three in all your companies, not Macy's, not any other retailer brand. Now it's Walmart and Amazon that's going neck and neck. You know what I'm saying? So in the back of my head, I'm like, this company that I work for is bigger than all of you guys. Right. So when you think that somebody that's, that has a manager experience that's practically running a super center could come in here and run circles around you or, mm. you know what I'm saying, or really take this department, like, you're not thinking logically. You're right. just seeing this. And once I sit and explain to people all the intricacy and things that go to running the store, it's like, dang. Like, I could talk to people, Reg, in any sector of business and talk – identify with what they do because of my experience at Walmart. You know what I'm saying? I right. deal with, you deal with everybody. Yeah, it, no, you, 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 it's the spectrum. It's, it's amazing. You finance, say that. Things that I've never thought of. Everything, bro. And in order to get promoted, you have to, you have to, you have to run the whole store. So they rotate us every year to every part of the store. And in order to get promoted, you have to run every part of the store. Because right. once you get a co-manager, you're a total store. So you have to have a total store knowledge of everything right. that happens. Sure, 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 sure. You've got you know to know the place. So, right. And I knew it was funny. Like when I was even when, when I was doing interviews back then before I took the seasonal job, right? I interviewed at Saks Fifth Avenue. And every Tuesday on Fifth Avenue, yeah, Saks Fifth Avenue, right there on Fifth Avenue, every Tuesday they had like open interviews, right? And it was a panel, and wow. <laughs> at least fifteen guys um, that they did. It was open. I think like on Tuesdays or Thursdays from like around three o'clock or whatever, right? All right. So the guy that I sat in front of, his question is, <laughs> "Who are your favorite designers?" Me, I'm like, you know, Calvin Klein. I like Express stuff. I know it's not a designer, but like Calvin Klein, oh, you, like you know, brand. that's what I like. That interview ain't last more than five minutes. He was like, basically, bye. And what I realized, I was like, I realized that, you know what? Them designers that I named is not Saks Fifth Avenue. I should have been saying stuff like people that showcasing that fashion week. You know, yes. the Oscar yeah. de la Renta's yes, and, you, should have. you know, these kind of fashion design. That's when I realized, I'm like, you know what? These people are snooty. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm we like, are. He, but, he heard me say Calvin Klein. He was like, oh, this guy is out. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I told my wife about that experience. I was like, babe, that is that is crazy. And, you know, I had a good friend, our good friend, uh, Terry, he's our broker. He's the one that found our place when we moved here, and he found a place that we're currently living in now. He had a good friend that worked for Bloomingdale's uh, for a long time, long, long time. He's re- he had, he's re- he's re- been retired now, uh, but well known. And when we first moved to New York City, he put me in contact with him, and he lives in Brooklyn. And he flat out told me, like, yeah, basically that's how that's how it is. It's all about you know looks and they, that's just how it is i was telling you like walmart he was like yeah no you know this is what his friend is telling me he's like that's that snootiness that you know yeah, that it's, it's, it's it's elitism and i have to acknowledge to you as i'm having this conversation with you marquise candidly i'm cringing because i i am of this i'm a native new yorker and i'm wondering if I would have had the same types of bias if I had met you in those scenarios. Now, obviously, we met and we kicked it, we clicked, blah, 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 blah. Sure. I knew you were from a different place. I didn't care. 
But in that specific example, I feel bad because I think I could have been that person. And that's why I had to ask you that question, because I know in my heart, partially, if not the whole, it had to do with bias. It was regionalism. You're a Southern brother. I'm a Northern Negro. Couldn't be any more different. And this is, you know, this is my home. I've been here all my life. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I also, because I know you're a God-fearing man, I also know that I believe, obviously in retrospect, I can say this, Mm -hmm. because I can't speak for you, that this was the sign and this was the, the beautiful cliche of one door closing and the other door opening. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was divine intervention, as uh, you know, I like to call it. And, um, you know, so it, it was the best thing. And those, those were the talks that I had with God. I'm like, Lord, you get me to the person and then you close the door. Like, what's, what's you know, what's like up? what's going on? <laughs> and, and this is what it led me to. And so, like I said, Red, so here we go now, right? You take my resume. I only have I don't have no New York experience. Okay, so now fast forward. I have that little Macy's Herald Square on there. I have that on there. That counts. It's for something. Now I have my I have my business. And so then once I applied with the work fashion week after I started the business, I actually missed the deadline. Um they had sent me the link to apply. And that's when it was Mercedes Benz Fashion Week. Yes, sure. Um, it was sure. their last season. Oh, the wow. Second to last season at Lincoln Center. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. And I had missed that deadline. And so when it came back around for fall, for uh, fall, winter 15, they sent me the link again and I applied and I got in. Now, nice. at that time, it was unpaid. But I didn't see. And, and, and that was that's the thing. Like, I didn't care that it was unpaid. And it was paid. And that's why I always tell, like to tell people, you know, especially so, so for the listeners that's listening, like, you have to tra- change your perception of payment. Payment isn't necessarily always a monetary uh, value form. You know, you get payment in the experience that you get. And that's what I needed, you know, moving to New York City. So I didn't care that it wasn't paid monetarily. Because the experience that I was going to be getting working New York Fashion Week, it doesn't get any bigger than New York Fashion Week. It don't no. get no busier than New York Fashion Week. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's exactly what I needed. Fast forward, what, 13 seasons later, I'm still here. I'm still going. So I've been doing New York Fashion Week since 2015, fall, winter, 015. Um, wow. Every season, consecutive, back to back. I have not missed one season. And now I'm a lead venue assistant for New York Fashion Week. So now I have a, a team um, uh, that I work with for the official shows uh, that take place at Spring Studios. And, you know, my Fashion Week experience is what led me to Nick Graham. Well, can you, before you make that transition, if you don't mind, can you explain sure. to me and the listeners that title you just gave, that vendor, blah, 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 blah. Can you, can you break that down and what it does, you know, what it means, what it entails? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a lead, a lead, a lead venue assistant uh, for New York Fashion Week, the shows. And basically, I have a team and we work with the the um, venue manager and the backstage managers and we work with the designers and their PR team. So we're assigned to a certain venue. If you've been to the shows, the New York Fashion Week shows that take place at Spring Studios in Tribeca, uh, most shows take place in two venues. You have uh, you have Gallery 1 and Gallery 2. Those are the two galleries that the shows take place. One venue is smaller than the other. Normally, the big designers get the bigger venue. And, you know, the newer designers get the, the smaller venues. Sure. That's normally how it works. And so normally we're assigned to one venue. Um, although these last couple of seasons, they kind of had me in both venues. And basically, we, me and my team, we work with each designer's PR team and stuff. So as the designer come in with their team, you know, we work with their PR team, help them put down a run a show, Help them get down to seating cards, have them do gift bags if they have gift bags for their guests. And then once that's all done, my team, you know, we set up all the seating charts, the signs and all that kind of stuff. So if you ever go into a fashion show, you know, your seating assignment is by letter, you know, so 
we uh, set that up. And then when the show starts and stuff, we're the ones that you see pulling the signs out and then, you know, exiting out the venue. But then we come back in and we watch the shows and that kind of stuff. Then right after the show is over, we get set up for the next show, head backstage. Uh, once, we have, once we have front of the house cleaned up, we get head backstage. You know, we get hair and makeup flipped over for the next designer team. We get backstage set up for the next show. And that's what we do for wow. many shows we schedule for. Sometimes I might work, have five shows scheduled in a day, may have four shows scheduled in a day. And it goes back to back, back to back. And so basically what I do is as a lead venue assist, uh, lead venue assistant, I check in with the venue manager, find out, you know, what shows we have for the day, get a floor plan, all that kind of stuff. And I go back and get that to my team and um, we make it happen. Yeah. Understatement. How do you feel in light of the pandemic? And I don't know if you've been listening to some of our episodes because we've been talking about the shows, whether it's in New York with NYFW or Paris, Milan, London. How do you envision things happening? Do you think your streak is about to be broken? I think so. I believe it is. Uh, I actually just re- reached out to uh, my, my boss to see if she heard anything um, from IMG. Uh, you know, IMG is the ones that I am uh, put on the shows. Uh, and, you know, with COVID and everything, everything is just kind of wonky right now, man. Because normally we, we we would have been and heard something. I mean, it's August 24th. Yeah. National week is like normally like the first week of September, around like the seventh, it normally takes place. Haven't heard anything yet. So I'm assuming, I mean, given this late in the game, having knowing how it normally is, yeah, it's probably not. I know I heard that I believe they're still having it, but they're cutting it to like three days a week. It's gonna be three days and um I'm not really sure how they're doing it. I already know like some big designers aren't gonna be involved i believe so and it might be like a virtual i was about to say do you do you think it sounds like a lot there's going to be a transition through video so how does obviously it affects you it, it impacts you but do you still think you'll have a role is my point right do you I think that think you so. will, or you know, or you think it's like you said? Is it? I mean, it sounds like you've already answered it. Really, that you? Yeah, think. yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. This this season, I think, is going to be a, a no go, unfortunately. But you know, it's it's weird for all of us right now. Sure, sure. Let's stay on the pandemic because I want to tell the listeners why we reconnected. Because, you know, I reached out to you a few times, Marquise, and you kind of right. uh, disappeared on me. But <laughs> but you're doing something right now that I saw on your Instagram, and because you're an aggressive salesperson, though you had ghosted me, you had the temerity to reach out to me to see if my heart wasn't so cold. <laughs> so, but... In the same breath, I had said to you, hey, man, you should do something like this. So I want to take partial credit. But, you, of course, you took it and you made it much bigger. So you, like a lot of designers, you're involved with masks. Mm-hmm. You reached out to me to sell me a mask. Yes, sir. And the reason why you did that is because a lot of people are doing this. Hey, if you buy one, we give one. But you're doing something very different. And I want the audience to know and understand and hopefully get involved. When I purchased the mask from you, Marquise, what did you do? Right. So what we have right now is we're doing a buy a mask and give a mask. But our mask is going to the homeless occupying New York City streets. Um. And, you know, when COVID ripped through here, New York City, man, really hit the shelters and stuff really right. hard. And, you know, when you walk the streets of New York City, you see the homeless people, man, just sitting and, you know, don't have any mask or anything. And as 
governments and all started to do all these mask mandates and things. They were like, you know what? The homeless have no way of, you know, protecting themselves or anything as, you know, you were passing on the street. So, and so, you know, why not speaking to our higher purpose, uh, use this as a time to uh, help out the homeless here in New York City. And so we came up with the Buy a Mask, Give a Mask campaign, where for every mask purchase, we donate in one handmade blue one to the homeless on New York City streets. And on September 5th, our goal is to hand out 100 masks um, to the, the homeless. And I have a partner that's going to be doing it with me. And um, I'm so grateful for him. He actually works for FEMA. And um, he has a whole lot of, like, you know, travel size shampoos and soaps and all this kind of thing. So we're going to put together a little uh, bag as well that's going to have the mask in it. It's going to have soap. It's going to have shampoos, all this kind of stuff, you know, self-care um, to help them out. And, you know, and, and that's what it's that's that's what it's about. So that's what we're doing uh, with our mask. You buy a mask. And you give one blue one to the homeless. Marquise, I got to tell you, I think that's that's really incredible. I was really happy to make a purchase of a mask. I've been getting a lot of masks on the hookup. But when you sent me that email, I said, yeah, let's let's do this. So September 5th essentially is two weeks away, brother. Yeah. So where are you at your goal? Have you how close are you to 100? We are currently at we're currently at a uh, 34. OK. Yeah, we're currently at 34. So you have a lot of work to do. Yeah, we're currently at 34. Two weeks. OK, you have a lot of work to do in the next two weeks, bro. Yeah, I know, right? That's, that's the goal, man. So for everybody that's on here listening, could head over to the website, man, and help us accomplish our our goal, man. Um, I would really love to hit that goal, man. Um, I listen. If we, if if we, we can help, short, if hey. we can help on the pod. What? Why don't you spell out your URL for the audience right now? We know the Insta. The Insta, ladies and gentlemen, is Marquise M A R Q U I S. Rashad, R-A-S-H-O-I-D, so you can find out on the Insta. And you have a link, actually, right? So we don't even have to tell them the URL because there's a link in the bio. And if you do that, they're good quality masks. I've taken some photos, but I had to wait till we did this, brother. Because oh, 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 will, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to put you on my Insta and I'm going to put you on my newsletter. I just really, everyone is doing the best they can, like you said, here in New York City, and designers are, you know, giving free masks to great, you know, targets. But you yeah. were the first one for the homeless, and it, it blew me away. Yeah, man, because it's, it's, it's like you just see them all over the street, man. Like, you know, they, 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 don't, have, they don't have anything. And, um, you know, that's something that, 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 that I wanted to uh, – that I wanted to to do as well, and um, you're doing yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you are. You are little. You're literally yeah. doing it, man. And it's all handmade, man. It's by. It's me. It's me. My two little. My two hands, man. So like, I'm, I'm making it all. There's no. There's no. There's no third party. There's no. It's just. It's me and my sewing machine, and this is what we're doing. Right. Um, yeah. So. It's a nice, it's a nice mask, bro. It's good quality. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. <laughs> well, how about we talk about real quick what got me onto that? Yeah, um, please, please, please. So yeah, so when COVID first started here, I actually there was this this uh, sewing company out of Westchester that was making masks for the first responders um, when they had that big shortage of masks. Yes. And um, they were calling on all seamstress and sewers, even if you weren't a sewer, you know, to get involved with the So Happy movement. That's what they called it, to um, donate masks to, like, Mount Sinai and these hospitals and first responders. 
And I actually found out about him on Instagram from one of our followers who live in Westchester. She uh-huh. promoted it. And I was like, you know what? I can sew. I can learn how to make these masks. You know, uh, she put up a YouTube video, you know, about how to do it. And I was like, you know what? I can do this. They're calling on us right now that so to help out because there's a shortage of masks. And um and that's what I did. So I partnered with I helped them out and um made some masks and um that's how it got started. So I started off making masks for the first responders uh with this company only. It wasn't open to the public. I was just, you know, I was just doing it for that. Then I had people asking me. I and, really uh, yeah, I mean like I said that I mean it's great to hear the origin story and now I uh yeah, I want to see I want to see what we can do try to get you try to get you closer to your number. There's no there's no question about that. Like I said, no one no one had that angle. So really if if that's even the appropriate word, but the uh, you know, the right bottom line you're doing God's work. I think it's really I think it's really cool. Absolutely. Glad, yeah, Absolutely. That it's going to be an awesome awesome day, man. I'm looking Looking forward to it, man. My wife wants to come and take our son, who just turned two, you know, started getting him exposed to doing things like this, um, you know, little selfless acts of service. Yeah. Yeah. It's never it's never too young. You're never too young to understand that. So, Marquise, man, it's been a real pleasure. We barely scratched the surface. Because I really wanted I to get, I really wanted to get into brothers and bow ties and bean pies, but that didn't happen. So <laughs> I'm, I'm disappointed in myself. But that's uh, all right. I, I, I think we got some <laughs> good content, though, man. We got a, a good, a good discussion, and hopefully, we, we, you know, we encourage someone and also educated someone at the same time through this uh, interview. Sure. No, absolutely. We'll have we'll have to have you on again because, like I said, we really scratched the surface. There's so many different ways uh, we could have gone. I guess I chose the most obvious, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know when I'll see you. We're in phase four. Yeah. But uh, please be safe to you and yours. Please let me know what happens September 5th. I have it marked in my brain and more power to you, man. I think it's you're doing really cool work. I appreciate it, man. It's all God, man. Absolutely. Oh, God. That's Marquise Ellison and Marquise Rashad. I'm Reg. Always be fly.